this is Robot Liz. And I'm Robin Robotron. And this is Relational Circuitry. Where two robot women try to make sense of human relationships. Neither one of us are licensed counselors, nor are we therapists or actual robots. That's correct. And it's very important that we emphasize that um, on this uh, episode about narcissism. Hooray! (laughs) Good morning. Well, good morning. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm starting off rough, but I'm good. You've had a rough week, so it's okay. Everybody, send send good thoughts to Liz. She's had a one of those weeks when just everything piles up. But you're doing okay. Oh yeah, I'm still really happy. I'm you're not sure why. Training. It's great, you know. Yeah. There's nothing to really complain about in the grand scheme of things. Well, there's plenty to complain about, but you know. (laughs) Yeah, but as far as like me directly, I'm just like, eh, I think I'm okay. So that's good. And I'm doing all right, except I'm in a rush. We got to go to work. So we're going to bang out this little intro to an episode we recorded in June. Yes. About narcissism. Mm -hmm. Just want to say some other things that we talked about. We talked about American Psycho a little bit. I talked about how I love the book, uh, the movie, but I hate the book. Yes. Uh, well, one of my favorite podcasts, You Are Good uh, by Sarah Marshall and Alex Steed. They did an episode in between we recorded this and now about American Psycho. It's a feeling oh. podcast about movies. It's fucking awesome. I love it so much. Someday they're going to ask me on. <laughs> Yay. I hope so. But, um, I did not know that American Psycho, the movie, it was adapted by a lesbian. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, did not know that. I'm like, oh, that's why I enjoy the movie because it's made with women. Women were in charge of the movie. I even think that American Psycho was directed by a woman too. I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah, but um, but like the screenplay was like it was adapted for the screen by a woman who's lesbian. And I forgot her name. I forgot both their names. Whatever. It's the internet. Y'all can look it up. Yeah, Google it. <laughs> but I was like, oh, okay. Now I get why I just could not make it through the book. Which again, like I said, it doesn't mean I think it's a bad book. I just, I, I just can't get over the fucking asshole protagonist. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you're supposed to hate him. I think. Well, you are, but I mean, in a sense, yeah, like, you just can't, you know, it's not like, yeah, that. what's that book I hate? Catcher in the Rye. I think you're oh, supposed to identify yeah. with Holden Caulfield and I do not. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You are. You're book. supposed to, there's a part of you that's supposed to, but yeah. Man, no. Sorry, little rich boy. Oh, you're so sad. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't care. I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. Um, yeah, so like that's the little American Psycho tidbit, which you know, of course, we talked about that because we talked about it's a narcissist episode. It's about narcissism. Yes, and also, um, you know, we talked about at the end because when we recorded this episode in June, <sighs> that Titanic submersible was lost at the bottom of the ocean. Or not yes. at the bottom, but they were lost when we recorded it. And, you know, it was probably like the very next day that uh, we found out that they uh, imploded. Yes. Which, you know, that'll happen. 
That is what happens. <laughs> and I also found out that like the, the kid on there, which I do still feel bad for that guy because he was 19, which is still like. Yeah. And he did not want to go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, he was nervous about it. Yeah. He didn't want to go. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go either. And I'm just like, oh, my God. His dad is such a piece of shit. Like, uh, like I would just I would be like, dad, look, I you can hate me. What did you say? I said, you can hate me all you want, but I'm not going with you on this stupid trip. Yeah. Well, it's like, it sounded like it was like his mom, like, convinced him to go. And, like, it was like. Oh, I bet she feels horrible. Experience with your father. And, like. Oh. Uh, uh. So he's not really, like, bad about because he's the only one who actually, like, suffered during the experience. Yeah. You know, like. I mean, I the anxiety the, was I from guess, the beginning. I guess the rest of them were probably scared for a little bit when they uh, came untethered or whatever happened. But I don't know, like with the attitude that those guys had to be like, oh, yeah, this is a really smart thing to do. They probably never realized that they were in danger either. Yeah, they probably were just like, it's totally normal. Just calm down. Kind of like, yeah, you we'll know, just, we'll pilot it back. It'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. But, and know, I would be freaking out <laughs> i would be freaking out just thinking about going into the thing i like it would yeah. not happen i don't like being in those things that you're trapped in like airplanes and like submersibles or boats where it's just like you can't really pull over yeah, and like work out. on the engine yeah you, can, you can't just you, decide to get out and be like you know what i gotta get out of here i'm gonna walk whatever yeah it's me, like i'm gonna walk <laughs> i'll be okay yeah, they're not going to, like, let me off in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and be like, fine, go swim it out. And me be like, all right, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I will die. Anyway, well, yeah. I digress. Um, but, you know, they imploded, and implosion at those depths takes a fraction of a second. And so none of them actually really had a chance to suffer pain. Yes. So yes. that's nice. But, yeah, don't don't try and do shit that you shouldn't be doing. It's uh. Have yeah. some common sense. <laughs> well, we don't need to go down there. We we know what's down there. We don't need we don't need to go tour it. It's not cool. Yeah, don't go touring mass grave sites. Well, I mean, like it's one thing if it's something that you need to learn about, but it's like if it's historical and something. If it's in I mean, a place where it's inaccessible. You know, like grave sites where they're like, yeah, you're not supposed to go there. This is this is all place where you're not supposed to be. Don't go there. Mm -hmm. It's at the bottom of the ocean. Don't go there. If it's yeah. in outer space, don't go there. <laughs> like... Exactly. <laughs> okay, but do you have anything you would like to add to this intro before we go? Because I got to go to work. No, I'm good. I can't wait to listen to it because I already kind of forgot what I said. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I had to cut out a lot of it. So it's one of the shorter episodes because we did a lot of like crosstalk about what we were going to have in the episode. Oh, of course. So it took me a long time to edit, but it should be fun. This is one that is based on a personal experience that I had that we used to illustrate the traits of narcissism. All of the names have been changed except for ours. Exactly. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed right. the episode, and I hope you have a good day, Liz. All right, you too. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. How about you? I'm good, I think. Yeah, pretty good. I want to jump right in. Um, what do you think of when you think of narcissism or a narcissist? 
a person that is really into the I I think of American Psycho, honestly. Oh yeah. Uh, he's definitely a narcissist. I could not stand that book. I like the movie. The movie's cool, but that mm-hmm. book, like, it was so infuriating uh, just reading it, which is intentional. Like, so much of the horror in the book is just, like, the attitude of that guy and, like, Patrick Bateman's brain and, like, every single time dude goes anywhere he like lists off like all the fancy shit that everyone's wearing and like all of oh my god it's so tedious and obnoxious and i'm like i hate this fucking guy (laughs) yeah well like you know for a long time i thought of a narcissist was just someone who was really full of themselves like someone with confidence (laughs) that's basically what that meant back when i thought that (laughs) because i just walked around like with confidence because I didn't have a lot. And so like anybody who, you know, had faith in themselves, I was like, whatever, you think you're the shit. Yeah. You must be a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it wasn't until like, you know, I was an adult adult and that I was like, and I learned about like narcissism as like a mental health condition. Mayo Clinic actually says it's a men- mental health condition in which people have an unreasonably high sense of their own importance. Yes. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they think they're awesome either. Right. (laughs) Which is something that um, is really interesting. Now, before we really get into it, into it, I did want to talk about the Narcissus myth, which is in Greek mythology. He was um, just basically this dude who everybody was obsessed with him. And uh, he ended up uh, seeing his reflection in a river and being so in love with it that he just sat there looking at himself till he died. Yep. Which is just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's like he fell in love with himself. And, and I just... mean, granted, there was some involvement of the gods and, you know, so, some, some sort of like uh, sorcery at hand. So, I mean, it wasn't just that the guy was like that, but, you know. Yeah. And so that's, I think, where people really get, like, where it came across as someone who's being, like, obsessed with themselves and thinks that they are just the most beautiful, the most brilliant, and the most amazing, which a lot of narcissists do, but some of them don't. Yeah, and that's, we'll, we'll get into, like, those complexities, because yes. it is, it's kind of strange, because they can have a lot of these signs of narcissism without having to actually be like obsessed with themselves or have like actual high self-esteem yes and there is like a healthy degree of narcissism actually like it's it's only when it gets to a certain point that it becomes narcissistic personality disorder usually when it becomes a problem for other people yeah that's when Because what I've heard is a lot of narcissists don't get actually diagnosed because they don't think they have a problem. So they don't, it'll be usually their partner who is in therapy or who, or a family member, whoever who is in therapy, who will be describing this person. And then their therapist will be like, well, that meets this criteria. And speaking of, I know that you have been working on that you, your, your assignment for this episode which i'm sure you did a much better job than i did yeah <laughs> was the um uh the traits of 
narcissistic personality nine, disorder. Yes, the nine signs of narcissistic personality disorder. And this is this this came from Duke Health. So we have a self a sense of self-importance, a preoccupation with power, beauty, or success. Yes. They're entitled. They can only be around people who are important or special. They're interpersonally exploitive for their own gain. They're arrogant. They lack empathy. They must be admired. They're envious of others that believe that others are envious of them. So they're either envious of others or they believe that others are envious of them. Yes. But it has to be diagnosed through professional testing. Yes, which most of them don't get. Exactly. (laughs) And there are a few... um narcissists that I know that are on social media, media, not that I know, but that I know of who are like self-aware narcissists who have been diagnosed and they like actively try not to be, to, to act that way. Right. Which is admirable, but there's not very many of them. Well, even if you read the list and you feel like, holy crap, I might've exhibited some of that behavior before. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, Did they say that it's like, how many of those do you have to have before, like, uh, you know, a psychiatrist or a therapist would like diagnose someone? You know, I didn't read that part. (laughs) I think it's like five, if it's like five or more. Kind of like they do with the ADHD test. It's like, it's just a little more than half. Yeah. And they're looking at a pattern, not, you know, just one time thing. So, um, probably ask you extensive questions. So, yeah, I want to, in a little bit, break down the signs or whatever the traits using an example from my own life. But first I, but before I do that, I want to do my half of this assignment, (laughs) which was the different types of narcissism, which is interesting because like you look it up and on my search results, like Oprah Daily is uh, talking about three types of narcissists. Mind, That's body, funny. green has eight. <laughs> Better help and in style have seven. Very well, mind has five, and so on. Uh, choosing therapy has fourteen listed. So it's very like doing this Google research. It's very interesting. Yeah. But basically, that there are two overarching types of narcissism which is adaptive and maladaptive and so adaptive means that it is helpful like having self-confidence is good in the real world like everyone should have a certain degree of self-confidence and then there is maladaptive narcissism which has a negative effect on your life and the lives of people around you. Yeah. Psych Central has it broken down pretty clearly with the um, adaptive and maladaptive. And then there's like five types that people usually go by. And then there's like overt narcissism, which is also called like grandiose narcissism, which I think that that other website had both of them listed as different things, but it's pretty much the same thing. And so someone with overt narcissism is what you usually think of when you think of a narcissist according to like narcissistic personality disorder you know and they're gonna be like outgoing and arrogant and feel like they're the shit and will be like competitive and they don't have a lot of empathy yeah and then covert narcissism 
which I had a really close friend that was a covert narcissist and was using me as supply. And ever since I uh, set a boundary, um, she doesn't call me anymore. <laughs> it's like, wow, there you go. Oh, yeah. And I just use supply. Do you know what supply means? That's where they pull inspiration and energy from you without yeah. any kind of context or like reward. Exactly. Like basically whoever is like the narcissist's current target of whatever is their supply. Like whoever they're talking to that they're getting the most out of is their supply. You know, it'll usually be like a spouse or a family member, but it can be a friend as well. Yeah. Like I'm more than likely my husband's supplier. What? I'm more than likely my husband's supplier. See, we've had these conversations now about like whether or not, no, we don't think he's a narcissist, but we think that maybe there's some healthy narcissistic behavior there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's come up lately in discussions. So as doing this research, research. I was thinking more of uh, that one person that I don't think has a name. They don't have a name. But yeah, no, there's a lot of that going on. I've noticed from that, too. Yeah. But yeah, they that ex, that relationship is like covert narcissist, which is like it's the opposite of overt narcissist. Like they have like low self esteem and they feel like um, everyone's out to get them and like they fail all the time. And and they're always having problems and they're always feeling put upon and down. Oftentimes, there's problems they create themselves, and then it's just like a self fulfilling. The next we have antagonistic narcissism, which is like a type of covert narcissism, or not, it's a type of overt narcissism where they like are constantly fighting all the time with other people and using other people for stuff like that. Like MAGA trolls that always pick fights online. Yes. That's a lot of antagonistic narcissism. Oh. Then there's communal narcissism, which are people who they put themselves as being as doing good things like they act as though they are helping other people. But usually they're drawing for their own self-worth from these interactions, like people who get involved in um, social justice and oftentimes you'll see people who get into like somewhat high positions in social justice there's an episode a whole season of the excellent podcast something was wrong about a guy I think his name is Jake I'm not sure but he is like someone who they actually use his name his real name they which they don't often do but this guy's like so bad but he like was someone who was out taking pictures of all of the protests and stuff during uh, 2020 and everything. And he was like part of these activist communities while he was like preying on all these women. Oh man. Disgusting. Well, I mean, and I think like allegedly, cause I don't think he's been charged with anything. So say, allegedly you can listen to the something was wrong season. If you want to hear the truth, the story from the people who lived it. I'm just giving this secondhand. But so that's like communal narcissism, which yeah. I think can be like either covert or overt. Like they, they call it overt narcissism, but I also think a lot of people who are doing those type of behaviors, they see themselves as being very put upon. Yeah. And politicians, politicians do that too. Are that like you see them fit in that category sometimes as well. Yeah. And then the last type, 
that they talk about is malignant narcissism, which is like the worst kind. Some of the sites I looked at, they, they also say that it's when it coincides with borderline personality disorder. Mm. And um, malignant narcissism has, um, you know, it's a type of overt and they like have a need for praise and to be elevated above as others, but they uh, are also, can also be vindictive and um, have like sadist tendencies where they, they enjoy other people's suffering and they're very aggressive. And then they also have like paranoia about and like see threats where they aren't there and stuff like that. Great. Sounds pleasant. Yeah. And so those are different types of narcissism. Uh, You could find more. If you look online, there are places that get into it more. Okay. So now that we've gone over all of the, the uh, traits of the types of narcissism, I want to tell a little story about a run-in I had with this woman who exhibits all of the traits of narcissism. And uh, so Liz, I'm going to tell, I'm going to set it up and then you can tell me, uh, we'll go down the traits because you've got it in front of you. Okay. So I have this friend, Mary, that she's a friend of both of us. Really great. Yes. And um, she is a black woman who I met on TikTok not long after I joined. And she set up these um, messenger group chats to talk with um, white women uh, about anti-racism. I had also become friends with a friend of hers, we're calling Emily, who I had seen her like she would tag me, Emily, and another woman we're going to call Jane. She would tag me in comments and TikTok where um, white people were giving her shit. And so, and we would come in and like defend her. And so I was like, oh, okay, these, this Emily and Jane person, people, they must be pretty cool if she's putting me in a group with them, you know? Yeah. So I started following both of them. Emily followed me back. Jane didn't, but I didn't care. I'm like, you know, we don't know each other. I get that. Sometimes people are very particular about who they, who they let into their online spaces, which I completely understand. And so then Mary, she starts this group and it's like two different groups. There's one for black and indigenous women of color and white women, both where we can learn from them by listening to the, because I'm white, where we can learn from them based on their lived experiences. And then she had also created a white feelings group where the white women in the group could discuss our feelings, things that got brought up in a way in a space that was away from the main chat. So we weren't putting any of it on the black and indigenous women in the group, which great setup. I thought that was really cool. And she it asked what babe? I said, it is a great setup. Yeah, no. Cause Liz is in the group too. <laughs> so Mary asked Emily and I to be the co mods admins of the white feelings group, because she felt that we would work really well together and that we could handle it, you know, and um, we do work very well together. And it was an excellent choice to put us in that position. Then she said that Jane was going to be the, oh, what did she call it? Like the facts lady or whatever, because she knew a lot about anti-racist work. She's a white woman, white woman, Miss Jane. 
and that is she it knew all she just A or Jane B. Oh, we're talking about Jane A. Okay, because <laughs> there's another Jane uh, who's only peripherally in, and again, neither one of them is named Jane. They do have the same name, but no, we're talking about Jane A. Uh, Jane B. Okay. I may not even bring up, depending on uh, what the uh, the traits uh, bring up in me for this situation. Okay. But so anyway. Uh, Jane A is like the facts lady and who's going to like teach everybody else about anti-racism work or whatever. And, but then I'm not going to go into the whole situation because like, it's a way bigger deal and uh, we'll save it for another episode. But this Jane A, she basically like targeted me and tried to get me booted out of the groups. And I knew that she was a problem but Mary was so wrapped up in this woman that I couldn't tell her that. Cause if I had told her that she was a problem, it would have looked like I was the person that Jane A was making me out to be. And so I had to just sit and wait and, you know, basically like wait until this woman messed up enough that I could be like, Hey, this can't continue, you know? Yeah. But anyway, this woman, Jane A is, I believe a malignant narcissist. Again, I'm not a mental health professional, so I can't actually diagnose her, but I can say it. And I am. But um, so I would like to use her as an example while we break down the, the traits of narcissists because she has all of them. Yes. Okay. We can start with number one. Yes. Self-importance. This woman told people that she was a direct descendant of George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. Gross. And thanks to my mother, who's a history buff, I know George Washington actually had no children of his own. The only children he had were Martha's children from a previous marriage. So that's a no on George Washington. Abraham Lincoln's last direct descendant died in the 80s. Yeah. So... That's a no on that as well. Now, it's possible for people to be related to them, but we can't be direct descendants because none of them are still alive. (laughs) And and, and in George Washington's case, none of them existed. Okay, let's do number two. Number two, preoccupation with power, beauty, or success. Yes. Um, One of the things that she always told Mary was that she was going to burn down all the plantations and that she wanted to be a lawyer for like you know anti-racism issues it was always like her and about like what she was what she was going to do like and i mean she was saying she was going to literally burn down all the plantations in the united states like lead a movement to do so number three entitled okay were you gonna say something else no i'm just saying that they've already like based on what you've already like covered that's (laughs) unbelievable well um the thing is is one of the reasons she targeted me is because she thought that she should have been an admin yeah but she wasn't because mary even though she didn't she she didn't really acknowledge it consciously she knew that that woman would not be a good moderator admin yeah (laughs) and that's why she didn't make her one but she was very upset about that and that's why she tried to like get me removed from the group and she actually did get Mary to remove me from being an admin or a mod for a little while, but a very short while. 
Yeah. It was less than a week, I think, before she said that she wanted me to be a mod again. That's uh, evil. Okay. What's, is it number four now? Number four, yes. They can only be around people who are important or special. And that's like, um, she saw Mary as someone who is was getting somewhere on TikTok and someone that she could, you know, latch on to and use her to get ahead herself. Like, that was the whole thing is that she like, she wanted to have an anti-racism group, but right. she couldn't do it. You know, she had to like be behind a, a black woman who was doing it and then try to control it from behind. Mm-hmm. That's so sick, though. Uh, it really, really is. Like, that's why I'm saying this woman is a malignant narcissist because, like, it was really, really bad. The C in number four, the way you explained it already goes into part of number five, but I'll let you expound on that. Yeah. But interpersonally exploitive for their own gain. One of the things that I saw happening in the group is that Mary would be, we would have these conversations and Mary would be so happy and pleased with how things went. And then like later on in that same day or like the next morning, she would be extremely upset and disappointed with all of the white women in the group and how none of us were doing enough and, and all these different things, which of course, you know, like we could all do better. Like every white person who lives can do better than we're doing now on anti-racism work. Yes. Um, but this happened over and over again. And she would like constantly be like, you're all going to let me down. And I don't know why I even think this thing is going to work. And what was happening is that Mary was talking to Jane A behind the scenes. And Jane A was just saying that all of the other white women in the group, but especially me, was not in it for the right reasons and that we weren't actually doing the work. And like everything that I said that I do in real life, I was obviously lying about and like all this stuff. This would happen every time they talk. And it was just, just, it made me so angry what she was doing to our friend, you know? Yeah. Cause like she was having such, Mary was having such a hard time and it was just like, I knew that something was going on. And especially once I realized that it was this one woman. I mean, I was always pretty sure it was her because I can spot this kind of stuff a mile away. And I just had to sit there and try and gently encourage without openly targeting this other woman. Because if I had, then I would just be enforcing what she said I was doing. Right. Right. And it's so hard to sit on your hands while your friends are suffering. Yeah. But at your point, at this particular juncture, you would have not helped the situation per se. So yeah, it's like, ugh. All right, so number six. That rolls into number six, which is arrogant. Yes, yes, arrogant. She, the and the way that she talked to me in the chats, and the way that she talked to everyone in the chats. So there were people who left the group because of Jane A and the way that she treated everyone. Yeah. And she always had this air of like, I know better than everyone else. And that if it wasn't her way, then it was wrong. Mm. And that was another thing that was really hard for Mary is because Mary is a very open person and wants to like hear and understand other people. Yeah. This woman was like making this group something that Mary didn't want it to be. But because 
of things this woman had told Mary. She was, she thought this woman knew what she was doing and that she should be listened to. Yeah, that she was no new best. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so. It makes me so mad. I'm getting. I, uh, uh, I hate this woman. <laughs> Very brainwashing. So. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's like she did all the like shit that they do, like love bombing and stuff, and like they were like constantly, you know, this back and forth. Yeah. Because like we're there's so many like tactics. Like we haven't even touched on tactics, and we're not going to. We'll do. We'll do another episode. We'll have to do like a part two. There's a lot of places that we could go with the topic of narcissism, but this is just our overarching one. Yeah. There's a little scratch of the surface. So, Um, so number seven is uh, lack empathy. Yes. This woman, she like, she really could not listen to anything that had to do with other people and their feelings, including our friend, Mary. She would just, they would talk like almost every day and Jane would dump all of her troubles onto Mary. But then when Mary would want to talk about what was going on with her, she would accuse Mary of trauma dumping on her and be like, you can't do That's not okay to do. Yeah. That's really unfair. Oh, it's totally unfair. What well, can you say? Read number seven again. Number seven is lack empathy. Oh, lacking empathy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's that was it. And it's like no matter. And and one of the things this Jane person does is that she goes after black men for being disrespectful to black women. And I mean, like everyone should be respectful to black women. But like it's especially claiming to be an anti-racist white person and to make content where you are attacking black men, no matter what it's for, is uh, not uh, the best look. And I think that's a lack of empathy because she's not showing that, you know, like that black people, even black men have different experiences that make it where we can't, as white people, we can't like openly criticize because we don't have their lived experiences. Black women women. and other black women, black men and black non-binary people, they have those experiences. But so I think that's another show of a lack of empathy because like not understanding that it's not her place to go there. Yeah. Wow. Number eight is must be admired. Mm-hmm. She was constantly wanting to get this admiration from Mary. And based on the things that she was saying, telling her she was getting it. Yeah. And like, and that's the thing. It's like, unless she was being told good things she didn't want to talk to anybody mm. but if you put uh, praised her then um she was willing to have a conversation yeah. <laughs> like jane b that was a thing that there was like i had corrected this jane b woman about something in the group and um that was like one of the times when jane a really like openly attacked me and then Jane B complimented her and then they had this little bonding moment about having the same name oh no yeah but then later Jane B left the group because she couldn't get along with Jane A yeah she didn't leave it because of me she left it because of Jane A yeah inevitably it came out yeah well because once like one once they lose access to one target they'll go after another yeah and and I had ended up, you know, like making setting my own boundaries to keep it where Jane A couldn't be openly hostile to me. And so then she had to like direct it at other places. 
All right, what's number nine? The last one. Envious of others or believe that others are envious of them. Yes, definitely that one. Uh, she makes a lot of videos about haters. Oh. She was definitely envious of me because I had like 10 times the TikTok followers that she did. Yeah. People and because we both TikTok talked about anti-racism stuff, she thought that like I didn't deserve it because... Um, and so her thing was just like that I was fake and everything but what she didn't get is that like I make lots of different types of content and that's why I have more followers than her yeah and the content that I do make is more engaging than hers because I have taken acting classes I am experienced being in front of a camera and she's not which is not her fault but I mean there's things that come into play why I have a bigger following than she does yeah also, yeah. I follow more people back. She doesn't follow people back. And there are some people, if you don't follow them back, they'll stop following you. Yeah, you got to. I mean, I try to rope it in. But I mean, it, after a while, you do have to follow them, especially if they want to engage with you. Then you're going to like you should follow them back because you you, you want to check out their content, too. Now, granted, you don't have to follow back everybody. But, you know. Yeah. And you don't have to follow back anybody. But like it's like if you want to grow your your shit you you have to fertilize it yeah you have to fertilize it <laughs> i don't know what kind of metaphor that was that's a good metaphor do we need to touch on um can i don't know if we can i i think we should just because if we've got time like um sorry no it's okay wasting the listeners we time because we're at 39 minutes but there's a lot that we're going to cut out speaking of people that i think might be narcissists there are currently billionaires stuck at the bottom of the atlantic ocean <laughs> and i think Ooh, that's yes. really funny actually it's funny because i wanted to talk to you about this but yes uh who the uh <laughs> i'm just like oh, is, is it too soon no 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 the guy, um, the stepson of the British guy, Hamish something, his stepson went to a Blink-182 concert and, like, can tweeted over and over again at Blink-182 being like, my stepdad's stuck at the bottom of the sea. Your music sure is keeping me boosted. Like, clearly trying to get them to be like, oh, shit, we should let this guy backstage or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, he's a grown man. He's nice not like a teenager. Try. He's a grown nice man who has had stalking charges before. Oh, wow. Stalking and I'm just charges? Like, what kind of a person is going to use their family member, almost assuredly dead at the bottom of the ocean, yeah. as a way to meet Blink-182? That's pretty sick. That means you're pretty sick, too. That's, I mean. that's a narcissistic move, if there ever was one. That's my personal opinion, but I guess it takes one to know that, one. That alone hits on lack of empathy, which, like, I mean, I have empathy for the guy if he actually cares about his stepdad, but I don't think that he does. No. <laughs> and I it's mean, just like, oh, my word. The whole thing, and I, like, find myself, like, giggling about it too soon, so. You're not... Hey, it's schadenfreude. Yeah, exactly. Thing, you know, whatever. You're visiting a mass grave in the first place. I feel like that's kind of sick. Yeah. Billionaires of all people visiting a mass grave of like. Poor people. Mainly poor poor people. people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's like like the biggest 
metaphor for hubris that we like have in modern times. I know. And we're watching it in real time. And these, well, no, I mean, I'm talking about Titanic, which I guess uh, it's a hundred years ago. I don't know if that, that, that's still modern, the modern age. I think, I think the industrial age is still the modern age. Yeah. Now it's happening again. I saw there was a meme where it was like, people in 2030 and it was like some kid like looking out of a window and it's like the submersible at the bottom of the ocean oh oh i just hope there's not a real kid in there though like i know one of like the other there's like a guy and his son and i'm just like i hope the son is grown because that would be really sad though for a little kid that would be really sad the whole situation can be sad for loved ones i'm not inhuman but it's just like i'm not inhuman i just have a horrible sense of humor Hey, we're gen- we're from the nineties. There you um, go. Young Gen X or an elder millennial. We we're from the mean ass nineties. So And that makes it okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're also billionaires. That makes it okay. <laughs> and that for sure makes it, Yep. <laughs> that for sure makes it okay, but you know, that's what I was getting at. So <laughs> Because like I said, when I think narcissist, I think Patrick Bateman and like men with too much money, white males with too much money. The 45th president of the United States. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a good example of a white male with too much money. Yeah, that's that's another one who, who meets all of the criteria. Yeah. But, you know, not a doctor. Oh, yeah. We're not I licensed therapists. I know anybody out of line because I'm literally unable to do that. Yep, it has to be diagnosed through professional testing. We took no oaths, though. Yes. We're merely pretend robots. Yes. And that's what (laughs) makes it fun. (laughs) And I've run into so many more. And, like, the thing is, is that in doing this, I don't know about you, but I examined a lot more of the people I talk to in general. And I'm like, eh, they kind of, like, have some of this behavior. Some worse than others. Some... No, no. I mean, one of my former best friends actually straight up told me that he was a narcissist a handful of times while really drunk like literally said i don't have feelings or care about other people like at all and i would be like of course you do you're just drunk but looking back um now that we're not friends anymore and just like yeah you know yeah and then, like, like I said, I'm in re- I'm in current relationships where I'm just like I don't know. I'm just putting up boundaries. Like I'm putting up boundaries. Like I'm boarding up windows. Well, and that's the thing. It's like you can be friends with narcissists. Like, yeah, it's not about like necessarily cutting people off completely, but it's about knowing who you're dealing with and knowing where to set your boundaries and that you have to hold them. That's one of the things that some people don't understand or that Mary didn't understand about boundaries in the beginning because she would tell Jane A to leave me alone. And then she'd be like, I set a boundary and, and she's going to listen. And then she didn't listen. And like, but the thing about boundaries is, is that a boundary doesn't prevent someone from doing a thing. It just shows you that when they do the thing you said not to do, that they don't respect that boundary and therefore may not deserve us that space in your life, you know? Yep. Yep. And it sucks sometimes. Like it, it really sucks when you set a boundary and then someone that you care about doesn't respect it and it hurts. And like, but the thing is, it's like, you don't have to keep being hurt like that. You can 
choose not to interact with them at all or to only interact with them in ways that like don't make you bump up against their narcissism yeah or just you know i mean that's that's the one just don't bump up against their narcissism i like that yeah and when they, when it does come up just you know remove yourself from the situation chances are a narcissist friend they will either the, it'll usually go one of two ways. One, they just won't notice and they'll just go on to someone else for that conversation or whatever they're doing that's bugging you. Yeah. Or they'll target you and then you'll really see that they're not a good friend. Yeah, it'll be that'll be fun. But yeah, I think I noticed in one relationship I'm currently in, like they've kind of just kind of drifted off. They're like they've stopped feeding. Mm-hmm. And I think they're feeding off of someone else now. Yeah, chances are. Well, I mean, with Gwendolyn, who was like my friend who is a uh, a covert narcissist, when I set a boundary, like she literally just stopped calling me the next day. Like that was that's like the last time I talked to her. And I didn't say like, don't call me anymore. I was like, don't call me anymore to complain about these things that I have told you like how that I, that I've given you options for how you can, you know, alleviate these situations and you keep putting yourself in these situations and coming back to me and complaining about it. I'm not here for those conversations anymore, but it turns out those were the conversations she wanted to have with me and the only conversation she wanted to have with me. So she stopped calling me. Yeah. And so we're still friends. Like if she calls me, I'll be happy to hear from her and I love her, but she, she accepted my boundary. She doesn't talk to me anymore. Yep. And that's kind of how it'll start working, you know? That's yeah, the fear, but that's it's kind of comforting. But I just well, no, I mean it sucks to feel like you like lose a fr- lose a friend or whatever. But like it's just that's when I talk about like people having healthy self esteem and self respect, and it's like you're worthy of having friends that make you feel good and that don't t- drain you every time you talk to them. You know? Yeah. and and that there are people out there who will be a friend that's not just using you for something and like it's better to like not associate with people that do that yeah yeah Yeah. but but there's good people out there there's good friends i have lots of good friends out there (laughs) (laughs) you're my good friend yes (laughs) you're my best friend are you okay don't die i'm good i'm i'm it's my own fault Uh, it sounds like we're about done for the day. My my voice is kind of eh, and you're yeah. coughing, so yeah, I can't breathe. So we're good. All right. Well, this has been relational circuitry. If- yes. Yeah, so once again, we are not licensed therapists or real robots. Nope, we are not. Um, if we were, we could give you some real in depth, emotion free analysis. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> but um, anyway. If you would like to um, ask any questions or make any suggestions or give us any thoughts at all, really, you can contact us at. 